Welcome to an incomplete guide to world domination, a podcast by creators for creators, because together we can take over the world. I'm your host, Brianna Toiber. My name's Chris, and I have been running the Film Fanatics podcast, which we've probably changed our name about three different times, and I'll kind of discuss why we've changed our name, but I actually run a family-operated movie theater in our town. Which is really cool. Since 2002, we have owned the theater. And I probably was in college about the time that my family purchased it. And I was working, you know, on and off because of college. And then out of college, I, you know, didn't really know that I was going to really do that, do movies. I thought, I'll just do something else. You know, this is, this is a family business. But then... As I got older, the theater itself started to expand because we actually started out as a three-screen theater. Well, in 2010, we actually remodeled and upped ourselves to a four-screen with stadium seating and everything was going to digital and going away from 35-millimeter film. So all the movie industry was going away from film and was going all digital. So that's kind of when I started really diving a lot into the movie business itself. And over time, it's just I, I was never into really podcasting. And I did some research, and I was just like, man, that sounds really fun, even though I was the type of person that's like, don't like to speak into a microphone because I don't like to hear my voice. Oh, same. <laughs> Dude, I run two of these shows and I'm still like, oh, do I really sound like that? Yes. It's this, it's this weird thing. And I think it's like there's a science behind it because when you talk, you hear yourself through like the vibrations in your skull. So it sounds lower than yeah. it actually co- does coming out. Yes. And so... I decided to do it because I'm like, you know what? I could talk about movie reviews because I, I have plenty of people that come to the theater and 90% of the time I'm at the box office selling tickets. So I get to see these people right at the first. And most of them, you know, coming up, they're like, hey, what is this movie about? Is this movie any good? And, you know, when you're at a theater and you're talking to someone that's working there, you expect them to know you just expect them to know what the movie's about and like, hey, is this any good? Mm-hmm. And of course, in a way, you should understand that when you ask a movie person that's working at a theater, hey, is this movie any good? They're not going to tell you no because Seriously. they want you to come in anyways. They want you to come in, spend the money on refreshments and popcorn and candy and everything else. But I had decided that I was going to to do a podcast because I – you know, I'm like, you know, this would be fun. And I needed something, I needed something different. I needed something to kind of spice up my daily routine. And technically I had a little space upstairs where all the projectors are, where the movies will play and everything, which a lot of people find very interesting as a projector room. And cause mm-hmm. you see these massive projectors, these massive machines and sound sound towers and everything else with amplifiers and processors and you know it's it's just a big elaborate thing i've actually been in one in the palace theater in marlin texas okay Uh, so they don't do film theater anymore but there's a lot of like stage productions that go on i have a friend that's a big 
part of that. So I've been able to like go up and see the projection room. And this theater is so old that there's also seating up around where the projectionist is. And it's from back during segregation. Right. Wow, that's neat. Yeah, fun little bit of history. If you want to see a <laughs> cool, potentially haunted place, check out the Palace Theater in Marlin. I've heard of that one too, because I am, you know, I'm in Texas as well. I don't know but. if I realized that, but that's like, I might have, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really close to, I'm really close to the Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that I'm oblivious. And if I did realize that and I forgot, I apologize. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I really mentioned it at all because I don't know. I don't think I really have, but yeah, we're literally probably 30 minutes away from Fort Worth or something. Dude, if I ever get the chance, I will come by and visit your theater. It's going to happen. It's a small town theater, but the thing is, is it looks really modern and it has this, our logo is a small town feel with an uptown look. I like that. So, you know, everything is stadium seating, everything else. And the projectors, they're literally like the same things that you would go to watch and go into a Cinemark or AMC, big movie mm -hmm. chain. It's the same thing. It's We use the same type of equipment, different models, but we still have one of the better models that are out there. And so we can really compete with, you know, the technology, even with the bigger boys. It's really cool. So what has it been like spending so much time working in a movie theater? Because I feel like that's a job most people don't really think about, especially doing a theater that isn't a Cinemark or an AMC. Yeah, it's, it is difficult because you, you don't have the big backing of a corporation, but there's a large amount of independents that are out there just like us. And we actually have a um, trade show that we go to every year in August, which is in Frisco at the Embassy Suites over there. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's called it's called Cine Show, and that's where all the movie theater owners get together. Even Cinemark, the big boys, everything, independents, uh, we all get together and they and we go over and talk about the movie industry as a whole, what's going on, what's happening. There's actually we have our, a legal department that is in Washington about any like new rules and laws that theaters have to go by and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, but we get to see the vendors and all the cool stuff that is coming out. And of course, food and concession items that, that they have like, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Hey, do you want to incorporate this into your theater? Uh, it's really cool. And it's it's like it's really neat to see the just the different things that there's there are out there. But as a small town, we still get the movies that the bigger theaters get. It's just that we're a little bit smaller with only four screens, so we can't get every single movie that comes out on Friday, but we get a bunch of the first-run movies. It's just we are very limited because of the space that we have. But the thing is, is even the bigger screens, like the Cinemarks, you know, that have 12, 14 screens, they don't have 12, 14 movies. They have... Yeah. They're playing a movie, let's just say, for instance, Sonic the Hedgehog. They're mm -hmm. playing that on two different screens. That's why they got so many showtimes 
because one, they're putting it in, in a house that may be like, oh, come and come and watch Sonic and Dolby Atmos surround sound or XD. It's the technology that you're paying for versus just the movie itself. That's really the main difference in a small independent versus a bigger corporation, a bigger chain like Cinemark, AMC and stuff. They try to offer the bells and whistles, I guess you could say. But we still get a bunch of first runs. I mean, our lineup right now, Sonic the Hedgehog, Call of the Wild, Birds of Prey. We're actually just picking up the Invisible Man, which, by the way, kind of cool, is we, me and my co-host for our podcast, we just reviewed, watched this movie this morning and recorded our episode for the Invisible Man earlier this morning. And I actually, before I hopped on, I just published the episode this afternoon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, this episode's not going to be coming out for a bit, but that's still really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of got our system down, you know, being real small and being like in a singular location that are, nothing, nothing changes for us because we don't move around uh, from place to place. Because what I was going to say is, which uh, people find it funny, is like I said, I do this upstairs in my projector room, which technically has been converted into my podcast studio, which mm -hmm. used to be a storeroom. And then next door, there was a wall and it was a it was a bathroom. So you have a bathroom right next to where you record. Well, that's the thing. We tore down the wall that separates the storeroom and the bathroom and took out the bathroom. And now it's one big room that which is carpeted and now is the podcast studio. Oh, smart. So you don't have people flushing the toilet in the middle of a recording. Exactly. But we did leave the two the two doors that we have closed. We did leave the signs that says men and women on the door. <laughs> I guess like, why not? Yeah. So when people see me, if someone comes up here or something and they see me walking to the door that says woman and I open up, they kind of look at me funny and then realize that's not <laughs> a bathroom. That's a hey, this is a room. <laughs> so. Oh, I love that. That's where kind of where I do everything. And since I have everything already preset with all my sound levels, since nothing really changes for us, it's so much easy for us to to record our episode, just kind of fine tune some things. And then, I mean, it's pretty much good to go. And it's been great. And I, right now, I'm actually, you mentioned Audacity. I'm actually using GarageBand. I never thought about using GarageBand. I just kind of went with audacity because i already had it for some reason probably some weird creative thing i was working on got bored with two days later but i already had it and i was able to figure out that six like six of the buttons and i just kind of made it figured it out from there <laughs> yeah see i already had a mac so i already had GarageBand loaded yeah i don't have a mac one of these days i might convert to mac you know, I've really liked it. Um, I actually have an iMac that I'm using right now, and I have a, well, it's just an HP. It's just a computer monitor, but I have a monitor for my second screen that I usually have, like, my GarageBand recording on so I can use my Mac for if I'm looking up something during the show and I can record so I can at least look at my recording. But, you know, so far with GarageBand, it's, it's been... Uh, Pretty good, but we did learn something a couple weeks ago. And it has a limit that you can't record over, I bet, I think, 53 minutes. It stops. That's potentially problematic. 
Yeah, because we did that on a big review, and I believe that was Star Wars. It was. Hmm. I need to listen to that episode because I'm like, <laughs> there's, there's so much you could go into with that one. I, I always my one thing that I would for sure change is when she throws the saber into the fire and the hand catches it. Yeah. I wanted that to be Anakin. That would have been such an interesting conversation. Oh, it would. And we made a com- uh, comment on it is, why was her lightsaber yellow? Gold lightsaber, like yeah. Yoda had in some of the versions. So, yeah. So... You know, it was a it was just a long episode, but we actually had a friend of mine come in studio. So we had three people talking and just like going back and forth with it because he goes down, down deep into the like the lore of Star Wars. He's like me, except for worse. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I drive my mom nuts. It was a long episode, but it was really good. But we actually got to fix it because we knew what we were. I I saw that it stopped like immediately and I stopped our show and like, well, I'm glad we were ending. So we had to go back, cut some stuff out and be able to kind of end it and everything. But we realized real quick, like, okay, there's a limit on GarageBand. And I wonder if the other softwares do the same thing if there's a limit. So it was it was kind of interesting to learn. Thank goodness I caught it and not 10 minutes later that like, oh, it stopped recording. That's one of the things I do like about Audacity because like I have had to do some recordings through Audacity and I haven't encountered that issue. But I have with like, some files are like I've edited them and I've exported them and I haven't touched them for months. When I try and go back into the Audacity file, it says it can't find it anymore. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's just like some small little things. There's been one time where it, my edit disappeared because I hadn't finished it and I left it for a couple of days. Thankfully, I still have the original files. It's, it's one of those back things up and when you're done working on something and like you're done editing it save it as an mp3 immediately just to be safe oh yeah i'm extremely new at all of this uh we've been doing the podcast i'm going to say actually it's been wow june of 2018 can't believe it's already been that long oh you've been doing this so much longer than i have Oh, I feel still like I'm really new at this because, you know, we usually do one once a week. But when I started it, I think I did the first four episodes by myself. And I'm like, you know, this is very hard for me to talk about a movie by myself. I'm like, I hate just talking into air and hoping that someone's going to listen to me. Um, I was fortunate enough to have an employee, which was a senior at the time. He was really, really big in movies. And I mean, we're talking about not your like modern type movies. He would like go into those independent movies that were really good. And, you know, he 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 was he had a real deep perspective. And he obviously film buff. Yes, he was a super film buff. And he obviously went off to college. And then, of course, another guy fell in my lap that whenever I posted on my cinema page, I put that on there like, hey, I'm looking for a co-host. and someone popped up and me and him talked and it was just like we gelled so well and we have two completely different perspectives on how we look at movies which i think is really as perfect right for the show so because no one wants to hear the same the two people be like yeah i agree yeah i like that and it's like it's totally how we look at it it's like we look at it in completely different views and it's just a 
awesome experience and just like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. And, you know, it's been really great to, to have him with me and on this journey. But like I had said, I had changed our name so many times because our movie theater is called Plaza Cinema 4. Good name. Yeah. My initial name, my initial thing was, hey, let's tie in a podcast to movie theaters. I don't see a lot of movie theaters doing their their own podcast. So I'm like, I thought I would be kind of like stepping out there and, you know, doing a podcast with a movie theater and like, hey, because you don't see really Cinemarks and AMCs having their own podcast. But over time, when you start thinking about it, well, what happens when you watch a movie that was a complete dumpster fire? You don't want to trash it whenever you're a movie theater. No one will come and see you the movie. And it was really tough to be able to review a movie that we just didn't like. You know, it was really hard. And after a while, we decided to take off the Cinema 4 and we went Plaza Podcast. And that was the name that we stuck with for a very long time. And we were still on the Cinema Facebook page and we still, you know, we had our own little logo. And... Well, two, three weeks ago, uh, I was approached by, ironically, my hosting company that I host my podcast with. I host with uh, Blueberry. Haven't heard of them. I was Libsyn, but I switched to Red Circle. Okay. Well, I went with Blueberry. I actually control and help, and I help build my movie theater website through WordPress. So I love WordPress so much. Oh, Yeah. So Blueberry has this awesome plugin called PowerPress that really incorporates podcasting into WordPress. So it's so simple and it, it's like it does all the work for you and it looks fantastic. So I went with them and ironically, the CEO of the company had reached out to me whenever I made a, I think I, I commented or I wanted to, to give my opinion on my show. I actually got to talk to him because he was helping podcasters out like what they could do better. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah, that is that is cool. There's not many people that do that. And I love when people do. So he gave me a 30 minute interview and like about my show. What did I want to accomplish? And I started telling him. And one thing was, is my name. And because he told me, he goes, when I thought of Plaza podcast, I was thinking of Plaza from Las Vegas that you were like a casino type podcast. So. I could like, okay, I can understand that because being in a small town, everyone knows what Plaza Cinema is. They know it's the movie theater. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. I need a name that specifies what type of podcast I am. People not from your town. Yeah, exactly. And we needed to brand our own stuff. So that's kind of where Film Fanatics came in because we actually took a vote and then we created our own Facebook page. So that's fairly new. So now we're trying to build our following with our our new name of Film Fanatics. And unfortunately, iTunes kind of messed us up and I lost some of my reviews and ratings from my old name because they thought I was changing the feed and the old one got deleted and it was a big mess. That's rough. Hopefully you didn't lose too much there. Well, the only thing I lost was my ratings and reviews, but they kept my show. They got the feed, my old feed back up and... You know, everything looks fine. It's just now I'm I have to start over on ratings and reviews. But you know what? I'm okay with it. It was, you know, it, it was a it was just kind of a trial and error thing. And now here we are. And here's the cool thing. We are fixing to be hitting our 100th episode. 
Oh, congratulations. It's always a big moment. Exactly. Like the one I just posted was 93. So we're trying to do something really big for everything. And we're, we're giving away a Kindle Fire 10. That's fancy. Yeah. So we're trying, we're trying to push that. We're trying to do everything that we can. We don't know what we're going to do yet for the show. We don't know if we're going to do a review or we'd like to do maybe a, a live podcast or we don't know what we want to do yet, but we want to do something special for our 100th episode because to be honest, we were like, we didn't think we were going to make it this far. One thing you could do is like I that I think is always kind of fun to do is allow people to like ask you questions and just have one where it's sort of like a sort of behind the scenes. This is who we are. What questions do you have for us? Yeah, that was kind of a one thing is like for them to get to know us a little bit more and could ask us anything they wanted just because we wanted to build a community. And one of our things was to join our film fanatics family because we're very open. And if you want to send us a message, we'll answer it. And we're very engaging on, on everything. And we want to make sure that's what we stay, stay as, because we don't want to be those people that just ignore it or think that we don't have to answer everything. We, we want to be so engaging and so positive. Um, as much as we can and because this has been this has been awesome for us to do and this has been like this is kind of like a, a real fun thing for us it's kind of like our hobby now and it's like we look forward to doing this every time we get a chance to do this it's like we always get so excited we're just pumped to come in and sit down and just talk about movies and there's a lot of things that we would like to talk about and want to record even longer but we don't and we're actually trying to get in the process to be like an actual i guess you could say a certified publication on rotten tomatoes as a critic didn't realize that was a thing but that would be so awesome yeah because rotten tomatoes is a pretty good place to go for reviews yeah and we mention a lot of rot well like we use rotten tomatoes a lot like we tell our listeners like okay well rotten tomatoes has it at you know say 90 on the critics but hey the audience score is this and we kind of give them a rough estimate and then we give them our ratings and everything and sometimes they're either close to the audience or close to the critics but we kind of give them an honest review of it and most of the time me and my co-host sometimes we're fairly close but sometimes we're like completely out the um off the you know different end of the spectrum like he may completely loved it and then i'm probably didn't like it as much and our ratings are completely different but and that's but that's the beauty of it and because he what he saw i might have didn't see as much or didn't feel it like he did different people have different personal experiences which influences how they think and or feel about different things oh exactly that's been the great thing so far I'll let you know kind of our little secret too that what we do in our podcast, we do our podcast raw. We don't talk about anything. We don't discuss the movie with each other. We start recording and do our intro. We kind of go about, okay, hey, this is what we're going to do. Like, okay, second part of the episode, we want to mention this or we're going to do this or we have this giveaway. What do you, how do you want to do the giveaway? We talk about that. But when it comes to the review part of the podcast, None, neither one of us know what we're going to say. We do it completely raw. Uh, yeah, I, I, de I definitely like that because it's it 
makes it feel more real and genuine and less scripted. Uh huh. I'm curious though. Do you take notes on like things that you want to make sure you bring up? Typically, yes. Like I'll, you know, I'll have, like on our phones, you you know, we'll have a little checklist of like some points that we would like to make. Uh, we mm-hmm. do do those, um, but the it's like I said, just the main part of the review, just the movie portion of the review is completely unscripted. So you get to hear our actual reactions and like how you get to feel how surprised one of us is or both of us. And like, it's just, I feel that that makes it into in such a better show for us because we can feed off of each other and, and we know how to like bounce things back and forth from each other. It just feels more for us. It's more of a rhythm. And that's what we want is a very authentic show. And that's what we try to give our listeners. And that's kind of how we've been doing it almost since day one is just a very authentic, unscripted show. I like that a lot. I also don't really script most of my stuff. But then again, I'm an interview show. So I have <laughs> general questions planned yeah. out. And then I just kind of make the rest up as I go. Hey, sometimes that's the best way to go. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges you faced in whether it's in running a movie or helping run a movie theater or when it comes to having the Film Fanatics podcast? I think one of the biggest issues is is having a bad movie. Because if we have a bad movie and the movie was really awful, it's hard to trash the movie when the person that's doing a podcast is a theater owner that is showing the movie. It kind of puts me in a, a weird situation where I'm pl- I'm I'm playing this movie for the studios but i totally do not like it and i'm selling tickets to my customers to watch a movie that i just completely just trashed on the podcast oh just because you didn't like it doesn't mean they won't well exactly and (laughs) my dad on the other hand he is a he's very old school and he he feels like you shouldn't trash a movie that we are showing that doesn't that's not good business but i try to i try to turn it around be like hey look at it this way i'm like maybe i said this movie was awful but maybe other people like really it's that awful i'm going to go see it i'm going to see if he's right i if, i'm going to see for myself and see what i think of it that's how i try to turn it around uh, i i feel that cuz my friends were telling me how terrible the room by tommy myso was as well as <laughs> We watched reviews for how terrible both of the animated Titanic movies were. And yeah. I watched all three of those. This very surreal feeling of like, who would ever think this is a good idea? And why are there so many rapping dogs? Yeah, that's kind of been probably one of my biggest challenges is the movie itself of like how bad a movie was. And then trying to not really trash it too much and that's that was kind of the other reason why we changed our name so it wasn't really affiliating with the plaza cinema that we were our own thing that's why we wanted to change the name we wanted to get our own facebook page so we weren't really posting our main stuff on the cinema facebook page we weren't really having a our cinema name as the podcast we were trying to be our own 
I guess, your own entity and f so not so much affiliated with our movie theater. The Plaza Theater does not have its own podcast. It's just some of the people that help run the theater happen to run a podcast talking about movies. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, and the good thing is, is now my co-host, he's not an employee of mine. He's just now he's a friend of mine now, and he doesn't have an, any affiliation with the movie theater. Um, you know, so it's just me and being a family movie theater and, and having this as my family business. Sometimes it's just a little like sketchy, you know, where I'm just kind of like walk, you know, treading on that thin ice. But I still get some awesome goodie bags from the studios as giveaways. So that's the that's a that's a perk for the podcast is I get to give some giveaways away that the studio gives us to to promote the show or to promote. Ah. The movie. So that's always been really good. That's nice. And the other thing I try to give away is I try to give away movie posters. I love movie posters. Oh, I have so many that I try to like I'll put up I'm like, hey. We're giving away a whatever movie poster. Hey, go follow us on Twitter or go do this or go rate us. And we'll, we always do something to just to get some interaction going. And some and most of the time I will pick someone like, hey, you just want a movie poster. Nice. So actually, so we recently kind of sort of want a movie poster. It wasn't really like we wanted in a drawing. It was more of a. My mom knew a guy who wrote and produced a movie, and she got a signed poster from it. Oh, okay. But it, so it's a smaller indie film that hasn't been shown in a lot of places, but it's definitely been grow. It's definitely done pretty well. Yeah, that's awesome. Considering it's a Christian sci-fi movie about people who invent time travel, then other people come and hijack it to go back in time and kill Jesus. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's called Assassin's 33 AD, and I think last time Mom and I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, it actually had a not terrible score, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, sometimes that can really surprise you when you think a movie's not going to do so well, and then Rotten Tomatoes has it like a lot higher than you expected it to have. Th those are sometimes very surprising. Part of it's because like it's a Christian sci-fi movie that only started in three theaters. <laughs> Yeah, that probably has something to do with it, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually really interesting. And it's um, so have you ever heard of the TV show, The Marriage Boot Camp? I have. I didn't follow it, but I have heard of it. I don't follow it either. So the people who originally founded the boot camp, they're no longer affiliated with it. They sold the TV show. They're the people that made the movie. <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> What are some common misconceptions or things you wish people would understand about what it is you do? Movie theater wise, it's not our fault that the movie's bad. So <laughs> people think that movie theaters, it's, you know, it's all their fault that this movie's playing. Like this movie's inappropriate. This movie was, I, why are you showing this? They, the, we do have in a way, contracts with the studios. And we have to play studios' movies if they're giving us the movie. We have to play it, and we're contracted to play it um, so many weeks, you know, that they want it ran. And yeah. it's and we kind of get a lot of heat on stuff like that, on the movies that come out that are maybe inappropriate or they can't believe it, you know, you're playing this or 
you know, this movie is really bad. Why are you even playing it here? And why can't you get this movie? Because they also don't understand just because you see a movie on TV or online, they either go wide or they are limited. And what what that means is when it goes wide, that means it's a it's a pretty much kind of a, you know, it releases to pretty much anybody that wants it and get their hands on it. Um, it's it's a wide release. Limited is more they only have they'll they're only releasing to so many copies of the movie and it's usually to the bigger markets to the bigger change like a cinemark or something into the more populated areas so independents like us and smaller theaters are not necessarily going to be able to get the limited movies hollywood thinks of it as like this they think well if we make this movie a limited basis and not release it to everyone well that means we can release it to the our bigger market and and it'll be and we'll make more money because it's going to bring all those other people that would go see it closer to other theaters are now going to come to all cram into one location or a few locations and it just it it makes their numbers more inflated than it is so they're cheating the system exactly so they could make more money if they would release it wide but then there's uh studios out there like the smaller studios that are not like, say, Sony, Disney, you know, those big mega monsters where they can't release it wide. You know, they they have to release it. So m more of those independent studios that don't have the budget to release a movie wide. And sometimes that we get a lot of flack on on that kind of stuff. And that's kind of been a misconception um, with with theaters. They They feel that we have complete control of what we get and that's not the case and we actually have a booker that helps book our movies that does our the negotiations for the with the studios for us on our behalf to help us get the movies that we want mm -hmm. that's kind of one thing uh podcasting wise i haven't gotten a lot of uh, misconceptions with the podcast no one's really said anything negative about it luckily for me that's been very just I guess you could say kind of smooth sailing so far. I've hadn't, I've haven't had any like rough patches of, of a misconception. Everyone finds it really interesting that, wow, you're doing a movie review podcast, but you also own a movie theater and you get to watch these movies before they come out. You get behind the scenes access. You have knowledge of the, the industry of the theaters. So that's kind of a cool thing that I, I take a lot of pride in that I get to do that a lot of other people that are in my genre and that are doing reviews that I get to see this and I get to do things that they don't get to do. Yeah, that is kind of cool. And I'm just a little jealous, <laughs> but I also imagine it can be kind of hectic at times just because that's how life is. It is because, like I said, remember, I when I go to my trade shows in August, every year they take us to a studio movie grill, which obviously they feed us for free. I love SMGs. Oh, yeah. But we get to watch a movie that's like still two weeks out before it's released and that we get to do a private screening of it. Then you can't talk to anyone about it for two weeks. No, yeah. We're like embargoed until the embargo lifts. And this is how serious they take it. And and a lot of people don't understand, like, movie theaters are so strict on recording in your cell phone. Like, no, they are. It's piracy. But here's the thing. You're in a theater, like Studio Movie Girl. So you're in a theater. 
with theater owners and big shot movie people, people that may own like 10 locations. So you got people that are completely aware of the movie industry. And here is a studio, let's just say Universal, that comes in, that hand delivers this hard drive that has the movie on it that is being released to us only. And you have security that are inside of the theater the entire time wearing night vision goggles because they make sure that you turn your cell phone completely off. And if you get it out, you are escorted out of the building. I was kind of expecting to hear that they just kind of collect your cell phones at the door. No, they don't do that, but they stand there and they watch you the entire time. Now, granted, you don't really pay attention to them because you are one, you're eating your meal, you're eating your meal, but you're pretty much watching the movie and you kind of forget that they're there, they're there. But that's the thing. We're theater owners and they're treating us like we do not know the rules. And that's how strict the studios are. They have these people here in place watching and making sure that you do not use your phone. And then they you sometimes they make you sign the waiver that you cannot talk about the movie um, and promote it on your Facebook, your website, or anything that you do until a certain time frame. I love NDAs. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite thing is, since I sometimes do some freelance work every once in a while, I have to sign an NDA. My favorite thing is when they're like talking about something, they're like, oh, wait, you signed an NDA so I can talk about this. I'm like, you're about to drop some really exciting news on me, and I'm not going to be able to say anything, am I? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the one thing. And But you know what? It's still really cool because... I can talk about the that's the that's a cool thing with um, us doing the podcast is I'm able to talk about the trade show and stuff like that. And it just gives you a perspective of what's going on in the movie industry, what new things are coming that we don't know is being released in the next like the next year. And it, it's a it's really cool that I get a lot of insight that I get to share before other people get to know about it. And we get to watch trailers that are not even released yet, even though they may be raw and unedited. There's just a lot of stuff that the um, studios bring us that we get to see what's going to be coming out within like the next year. And most of the stuff that they're bringing us like for 2020, when we go in August, they're bringing us stuff that's coming out in 2021 and possibly 2022. So we get to see a lot of firsthand stuff is, which is, so it is it's it's like really cool it's like it's just like you kind of like movie lovers you kind of geek out over it but you know you have the other people over there that are just business 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 and like i'm running a business i'm running a movie theater so okay we got this and most of them have no clue what the movie is like they they'll, they may turn to their manager that is with them that they bring on uh with them and they're like you think this is going to be any good so a lot of these theater owners are are out of touch with what movies are good and what's not. That not only gives you an interesting perspective, I also imagine it kind of makes it easier for you as opposed to other movie like movie review podcast producers is you can kind of plan some of your reviews out ahead farther ahead of time than most people can. Yeah, and that's kind of what we do in a way. It gives us a little bit of a guideline on 
what our shows are going to our next episodes are going to be. So uh, that that's kind of been a big help with us, too. So and, you know, finding out on a weekly basis on movies that we're going to be getting and what we're going to be reviewing and what we're going to watch and and stuff like that. One of the last misconceptions in movie in the movie industry is we don't necessarily just because they give us a movie, we don't get to watch it right away. These movies are now encrypted with a special key. We can we can load it into our computer and our servers, but the movie is locked. They the studios have to give you a special code, a special encryption key that unlocks the movie on a certain day at a certain time and will lock on a certain day at a certain time. So we can't just watch the movie whenever we want to. Just because they they give it to us a week or week and a half early, it'll it sits in our on our server ready to go for close to a week before we can actually preview it ourselves. Wow, talk about tight security, but I guess it makes sense because that's a lot of intellectual property. Yes, and, and they they just feel like oh they're going to show it early and they're going to show it to all these people and we're not going to get our money. That's kind of what they think. <laughs> Yeah, and I imagine if someone shows it early, that could mess stuff up because I work in a bookstore. And so we had a book that was supposed to was supposed to like not come out until a certain time. So we had all the boxes. And then I came in one day and we were putting it out early. I was like, wait, I thought that didn't come out yet. And like, yeah, another store accidentally opened it and put it out early. So, yeah, that's kind of how the movies work for us when we get them. So that's kind of a miss another misconception that I would have to say. And that's those are probably those two that I mentioned are probably the two main things that are just a complete misconception with uh, movie theaters. What's some advice you wish someone had given you when you first started doing your podcast? Aside from find a (laughs) co-host. Yeah, really just like more helping step by step on figuring out how to record it, what the certain things mean and kind of give you a breakdown on how things work and Instead of kind of just going in and like when they say, oh, yeah, you just need a microphone and a computer. okay?" and it's just like, yeah, you hit record and just start talking. And this they don't really kind of go over absolutely every detail that I've had to kind of learn as I go or I've done research and looking online, which, of course, you know, thank goodness for the Internet. That's how I've learned everything I know about podcasting, aside from the stuff I bug friends about. Exactly. But that was just a... I could go to the internet or I could ask someone I know for a fact has personal experience. So help. (laughs) Yeah. And the, and of course with me and being in a small town, I don't have anybody here that does podcasting really and not having anybody that does podcasts. It was very hard for me to get advice on what to do. What should I get? How do I do this? How do I market myself and how do I promote this? And what can I say? What can I not say? It could be very overwhelming at times, but at the end of the day, I, it would have been great for just like, you know what? You just have fun. You get to talk about things that you are, that you ha- are passionate about, that you love, and you can share that no- your knowledge to other people and then meet other people that share the same common stuff. And when you're just talking, everything else, it just kind of falls into place. That's what I've kind of learned is that over time that everything just kind of works its works its way out and everything ends up working out for the best. And I still feel like I can edit better. 
Like I still wish I could probably edit better and feel like I our audio is really good, but I feel like we could be better. And that's what we are still striving to be right now is just to keep growing and just make our podcast even better. And we're hoping that one day, hopefully we can be a very well-known film review, movie review podcast. And hopefully that will work its way into the future. But being able to do what we do now and just kind of relax and have fun with it, everything seems to just kind of work out and it fits. And it's hard to really explain how everything worked out, but it just, for some strange reason, everything just worked for the out for the best. You finally found that little niche that fits you just right. Because something I've found with doing these podcasts, because I'm like, I'm doing all of this by myself. Yes. Pretty much all I do when I'm not at work. Yeah. And when I first, yeah, like I said, I started it by myself. It was, it was, it, it was rough too. Yeah. Review shows are a little bit harder to do with a single, with a single (laughs) person. You kind of need that person to bounce off of. But I found with interviews, I can totally do it one person because I studied journalism in college. I loved asking people questions and getting their stories and all that fun stuff. And see, that's the good thing. I like, that's kind of why it's easy for me to answer questions because when I'm asked a question and I can answer it, it's like, okay, it's not hectic. It's not overwhelming. It's just something. The conversation, it's natural. It flows. Exactly. It's fun to share, especially my story of how I started and like what my background is and everything. And that's why I feel like I have a very unique background that for a long time that I always took for granted because, uh, you know, you, when you step back and like, you know what, like, you know, people are are working, you know, at other corporations and everything else. And I'm like, man, my family, we own a movie theater. How many people can really say that? The only person I know. <laughs> so taking more appreciation over the years since whenever I'm getting older and everything else, it's like I appreciate it a lot more than I did, obviously, when I was younger and in college and everything else. Because when you're in college and your family owns a movie theater, you're like, I get to watch movies for free and I get free popcorn. That was pretty much the whole thing when I was young because I'm like, I just get to walk in. I don't have to pay. I get to go behind the counter and just grab what I want. And no one has to tell me that I have to pay for it because my family owns it. That was the thinking But whenever I was young and naive about it. It's probably my thought what my thought process would have been too. I'm like, I get all the popcorn, I get all the snow caps and the bunch of crunch. Yep. And I could just stick as much as many chocolate covered M M&M, um not chocolate covered M&Ms, dark chocolate M&Ms <laughs> in my popcorn as I want. Because I love dark chocolate M&M's and popcorn. So that's kind of how it was. But, you know, it's it, this has been something really cool. And that's why I feel like I I feel like I could share something and spread my knowledge and my my love for movies. And that's kind of why we do what we do now. Just showing the world that there's so much more to love. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, it's about time to wrap up. Yes, we are to the shameless self-promotion part of the interview. If you'd like to brag on some of the stuff y'all have coming up or tell people where we can find you. Sure. 
So uh, you can always go to our pod, our Facebook page at the the Film Fanatics Podcast. Give us a follow there. We we like to interact with everybody. That's also where you can find some really nice giveaways that we give um, that we do for movie related items, from posters to watches that they send us. They send us a lot of cool things. We do a lot of interaction on that. We're on Twitter at Film Fanatics V. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Also, we do have a support page for uh, Kofi that I, you had mentioned, but we are finally on Kofi if you'd just like to help us out. I think it's actually supposed to be pronounced coffee, but it does look like Kofi. Yeah. So coffee, Kofi. <laughs> yeah, we have that. We usually have the button in our show notes and everything. So you can give us a we're trying to save up for a second microphone for my co-host, a better microphone. So we are having a goal for that. So anything will help on that. So give us a follow on coffee as well. To find us, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes for the Film Fanatics podcast. And we're on Spotify and we are on the Google podcast if you are on an Android device. All right. Also, I'm curious, what kind of microphones are we all using? Um, so here, this is our setup. My co-host is just running an Audio-Technica 2100. Um, you know, he's got an Audio-Technica. Um, me, on the other hand. Actually, no, that's the exact um, mic I have. (laughs) (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I was fortunate enough. I'm, I'm speaking into my Rode Procaster. I'm also recording on a, the new Rodecaster Pro interface. I'm nowhere near that fancy. <laughs> uh, I wasn't either, but um, I would when I got it, this thing has been made life so much easier for podcasting. You don't have to worry about mix and minus for people that want to call in on your show on a cell phone because it mix and minus is for you because there is a Bluetooth connectivity for your phone or you can hook your phone to the TRRS jack and you just have them call in and you don't have to do anything. No third party plug in, no third party app, nothing on your computer. This thing does it all. An Incomplete Guide to World Domination is directed and produced by Brianna Toybert as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. Music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. You can find more of his work at chesterstudios.net. If you would like to help support our show, you can find us at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. For more information on the other shows produced by Pseudonym Social, please check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.